This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Well, hello, this is Trey Johnson with Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And I know that you're ready to grow and develop in your relationship with God. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking about the protection of God. You know, in the world in which we're living in right now, in today's day and age, we need to know how to be protected. We need to know how God sees the times that we live in. What is His part? What is our part? How can we walk in relationship with Him and get God to show up in our life? Be confident that God wants to show up in our life. Uh, Our trust is not just in our our money or our gifts or talents or abilities or in the, the government. Thank God for our leaders that we have right now. I mean, they're doing a phenomenal job with everything that we're dealing with. But ultimately, we need God's help. So I want to pray and then I'd like to get right into the Word. Father, we just love you so much, and we thank you for the opportunity to develop and grow tonight, that our ears are open, our eyes are open, our heart is open, and we expect to hear your voice on a level that we have never heard before. We expect to hear new things, that that we can just put it into place, and Father, we walk in your protection like never before. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to go ahead and go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And as you turn over there, I want to encourage our TV audience to, to go to our social media. You know, I put out daily encouraging words a couple of times a day. We, you can go to the website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com, and sign up for our daily devotionals. There's a lot of different things that we have going on that we just want to add value to your life and help you know God and help you be the best you that you can be. But tonight we're going to be talking about God's protection in our life and the role that angels have to play in keeping us protected. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. I think you can look around and see that we're living in perilous times right now. And it goes on and it talks about how people will be unthankful and ungrateful and they won't honor their parents. And just it just goes on and on. And, how, and, and he's talking about people that are supposed to know God, that this will happen. People will have a wrong focus and they'll, they'll have their, 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 their big Bible and their bumper sticker and their Christian T-shirt and their jewelry and everything else. And all that's fine and dandy, but it's not about that. That's not going to get us protected. That's not going to draw God into our life or allow him to show up. It's, it's what we do with our heart. It's what we do with our mouth. It's what we do with our life. And he says, in the end times, perilous times will come. Verse five, he says, having a form of godliness, but denying its power from such people turn away. In other words, he says, don't play church. That's Johnson paraphrased of course. <laughs> don't, don't just have a form. You can't win in form only. You've got to have some oomph to you. You've got to know how to execute the principles. You know, you can go buy a rope and a horse and call yourself a cowboy or a team roper, but until you execute the fundamentals, you're not going to be a, a, a team roper. You could have a, you know, a, a library full of law books or whatever, but that doesn't make you a lawyer. You could have, you know, a tomato seed package, a corn seed package, a, you know, a, an apple tree package, but that doesn't make you a farmer. Uh, and so it's the same way in our relationship with God. Don't just have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. 
Now, in Psalms chapter 4, if you have your Bible, you can follow along with us. If not, I encourage you to write these down when you do have your Bible, because this is God speaking to us. See, now as we walk in our relationship with God, for this to become real and alive to us, we've got to understand, okay, this is God speaking to me. God has his part. I have my part. But in order for me to have fruit in my life, I'm going to have to be a doer of God's word. James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us in James chapter 1, it's the hearers of the word and the doers of the word that get results. They're blessed. The word blessed means empowered to move forward, empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed. No matter what's going on in the, on the economy, no matter what's going on with virus or sickness or disease, God's word never fails. God never changes. His promises are always true, but they're true to those who choose to believe them. We have a choice in this. God isn't just going to do whatever he wants to do. You hear this all the time. Well, God is in control. God is only in control if you give him control. God is only in control when you invite him to be a part of your life. God isn't in the killing business. God isn't behind the virus. God's not in behind, the, behind the economy crashing. God is in control when we welcome him into our life. Now, Psalms chapter 4, verse 8 and I encourage you, get these scriptures in your heart. Verse 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Now this world is, is not uh, a safe place necessarily, but our God can keep us safe in an unsafe world. Your God, is it your God? That's what we got to settle first and foremost. My God can keep me safe in an unsafe world. My God, my God, your God, if you're born again, child of God can keep you safe in an unsafe world. Now, let's look at, at how he does this. Psalms 91, very familiar scripture. I'm sure that you've heard it a lot here lately and probably read it a lot. And I hope you have been. But it's not just about, you, you know, you can have a, a gold plaque of Psalms 91 on your wall, but that doesn't mean it's going to be real in your life. You could quote it from verse 1 to verse 16, but it doesn't mean it's going to be real in your life. See, Matthew 15, 6 says it's the traditions of men that work, make the word of God of no effect. I don't want the word of God to be of no effect in my life. I want the word of God to become alive in our life. I want us to be confident that no matter what we go through, that, that the blood of Jesus covers us, that the word of God is working, that God's hand is over us. And this is what we're going to get into. Now, as we read this, this isn't just speed reading. This isn't just getting through this. This is, I want you to picture King David, the psalmist David, the warrior David, the man who, who faced the lion and the bear and Goliath and all the different enemies that he faced. And he is a bold person. He's not timid. He's not shy. He's not bashful. He's not backing off. He's not playing church. He's not, doesn't really care if he hurts people's feelings. I mean, there was a time that he, he was dancing before the Lord and his, and his wife says, oh my gosh, David, what are you doing? He says, hey, I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please God. So this is a man who wasn't religious. I mean, this wasn't, there wasn't a Baptist David, a Methodist David, a Pentecostal David, a non-denominational David. There was David, a man after God's own heart. How's your heart? I've got to ask, how's my heart? So the Psalms 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Now this is our part. Okay, remember, God has His part. We have our part. 
He who dwells, the word dwell means to abide. It means to live in the secret place. It's not a secret place necessarily to me or to you, like a secret. You're not going to figure it out. No, you're, you're in the presence of God and the enemy can't see you there. You're, you're hidden in the presence of God. God is covering you. He's protecting you. He says, the person who lives, abide, dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Now think of this. He's saying, I am so confident because I've been spending time with God. I'm not just playing church. That I'm, not, I'm not ignoring what's going on in our world today, but I've made a decision. I'm going to be in relationship with God and it rises up on the inside of you. I will say, this is our part I will say, you're my God, you're my refuge, you're my fortress, you are the one that I trust. Pause. How are you doing? Are you saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, oh my God, blah, blah. Or are you opening your mouth and saying, God, I'm confident in you. I'm confident in your word. I'm confident in the blood of Jesus. Your word says that you protect me and guide me and direct me. And I trust you. And there's times, why is it important to open your mouth? Because, you know, you can play mental gymnastics. You can be in the most intense pressured situation in your life and have all these negative thoughts and all these fearful thoughts going on and you just try to, to beat wrong thoughts with thoughts and you're just like, ah, and your brain starts to try to cramp up because you don't know how to stop the negative thoughts. <laughs> You stop negative thoughts with positive words. You open your mouth and speak the word of God. I will say, God, you are my refuge. Fear thoughts coming. God, you are my fortress. Fear thoughts coming. God, you are my high tower. Fear thoughts coming. Every time you open up your mouth and say what God says, you pull the negative thought down, you put the positive thought up, and your mind gets a hold of it, and then it makes its way to your heart, and you begin to believe what the Bible says. You're not just believing it in your head. You can't believe God with your head anyway. <laughs> You believe him with your heart, your heart. It says with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. The heart, that's the real you. It's the core of you. Think of the, the heart of the issue, the heart of the matter, the heart of a watermelon, the heart of an apple. What's it saying? The sinner, that's you. You're, you're a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. We believe with our heart. Not our eyelid. You don't believe God with your eyelid. You don't believe him with your ear. I'm going to believe him with my ear. You don't believe him with your hand. You believe him with your heart. And David is saying, because I've made a decision, made a decision, a quality decision. I'm not backing off. I'm going to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say, I will say, this isn't just something I try. I will say, he's my refuge, my God, my fortress, in him I'll trust. Let's keep going. Verse 3. Surely, now this is God's part, so our part, we're abiding, we're saying His part. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the peerless pestilence. I want to read this in the Amplified. It says, for then He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Now, a snare of the fowler, I want you to picture this. Uh, the, the snare of the fowler, these birds are out there picking around and they trap the birds. He's saying, God's going to deliver you from the trap of the enemy. He's going to deliver you from not only the trap of the enemy, and it says, and the deadly pestilence. Well, that's what we're facing, deadly pestilence. And God promises when you do your part of abiding, dwelling, living, and you open your mouth, and you say, you run your mouth anyway, 
You might as well, you might as well fill it full of good stuff and, and run it towards the Lord. Run it, let it, let it help you instead of hurt you. And it says, when you do this, God's going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence, verse 4. Then he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. Remember, last week we talked about how, like that mama hen, how he, you know, he put, he covers us with his wings. And just like that mama hen, you know, she's out pecking, buck, 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 and the little chicks there, they're pecking around too, buck, 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 and here comes Fido, you know, around the barn, <laughs> and he sees the little chicks out there, and mom, she raises up, and she spreads her wing out, and she goes, buck, 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 and to us, it just sounds like a chicken, but to her, she said, hey, chicks, get in here, and she, she lifts up her wings, and all the chicks come in, and she, she covers them, she puts her wings over them, and she sits down, and the Fido can't even see the little chicks. Now, unless you're a dumb independent chick that thinks that you got it all figured out, and I'm going to do it my way, and everybody else is under the, the mama, mama hen's wings right there, but I, I'm going to worry. You know what? You're going to be lunch. That's what you're going to be, Fido. <laughs> but it says God wants to cover us. He's inviting you and I in this time, in this day, in this age, Come to relationship with Him. Get real in your relationship with God. Get into God's Word. Begin to think about the Word. Believe the Word. Talk the Word. He says, when you abide and dwell and live and you begin to say, you begin to say the importance of saying God's Word, it gives God a right to act on your behalf. God wants to show up for all of us, but He's not going to show up for all of us unless we're doers of the Word of God. Let's keep going. Verse 5. So we're doing our part. God does his part of covering. Verse 5, this is back to us now. He says, Now you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. You shall not be afraid. This is, this is our part. We shall not be afraid. He doesn't say you're not going to feel fear. You're not going to feel afraid. There are going to be times... You feel fear. I mean, it's real. The hair standing up on the back of your neck, your knees are, are knocking, you know, you're chattering at your teeth or whatever. You're going to feel afraid, he says, but you don't let your heart be troubled. In John chapter 14, verse 1, verse 27, he says, in the world, you're going to have trials and tribulation and fear, he says, but in me, I'm going to leave you my peace. My peace. He says, so you're part of, you abide you dwell, you live, you begin to say. God says, my response to that is I'm going to cover you. I'm going to deliver you from the pestilence. He says, now your part is, is knowing that, okay, you're going to feel fear, but don't be afraid. You don't let your heart be troubled. Now, in Job 3.25, Job said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. See, fear releases faith in the enemy's ability to harm you. So if you're afraid of the coronavirus or the pig swine flu or the donkey flap or whatever kind of virus you want to you put a name on it there, if you're afraid of that thing, your fear is, is releasing a spiritual force that's going to draw the very thing you're afraid of into your life. So that's why he's saying, don't be afraid. What is he saying? Have faith that God is bigger than the problem. Have faith that God is bigger than the sickness. Have faith that God, he wants to protect you. He will protect you. And when you have faith in God, he's going to show up. It doesn't. Now, I know there's all kinds of questions. People are saying, well, what about, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry? You know, they went to church and they got, they took dust. And what happened to this person? They never got their prayers answered and what happened to this you you can't you don't know what's going on with people 
you don't really know how they think or how they believe or really how they talk or, yeah, they might put on a good show, but you really don't know. And so quit thinking necessarily, I'll pray for them, but let's talk about you and I. Let's talk about where we're at in our relationship with God. God wants to show up for you, not just somebody else. He wants to show up for you. He wants to deliver us. He wants us to be spared from this virus and what's going on in the economy. He wants to provide for us. He says, but, but don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid. And he goes on and says, uh, don't be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow that the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. Listen to this, verse 6. Nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Only a spectator shall I be myself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as I witness the reward of the wicked. Because... I have made the Lord my refuge in the most high my dwelling place. Verse 10, there shall no evil befall me nor any plague or calamity come near my tent. Now it's your choice. It's my choice. Am I going to believe what God says? He says, because you're doing verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 5, you're opening your mouth, you're in relationship with God, you're saying who God is, you're resisting fear in the name of Jesus, you're not letting your heart be troubled. Because you're doing this, verse 10, there shall no evil befall us, nor any plague or calamity come near my tent. Well, who do you think you are? We're children of God, that's who we are. God's not a man that he can lie. Either his word is true or it's not true. Verse 11, let's keep going. For he will give his angels a special charge over us to accompany and defend and preserve us in all of our ways of obedience and service. And they shall bear us up on their hands lest we dash our foot against a stone. And this is where I, I want us to, to release our faith. So we're, we're abiding in God. We're dwelling in relationship with God. We're opening our mouth. We're saying what God's word says. We're resisting fear. We're operating in faith. And we also realize that God has commanded his angels to take charge over us. Go with me just to the left, if you have your Bible there, to Psalms 34. Say, God, God has given his angels charge over me. You need to start declaring, God, God, you've given your angels charge over me. Now, in Matthew, and I might go there just for time's sake, uh, but it said, Jesus is talking. He says, you know, it's, well, I, I just want to go over there. I don't want to misquote it there. Matthew, hold your place there in Psalms 34. I'll come back to it. And let's see right here. Matthew chapter um, 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Now listen to what Jesus said. So in verses, uh, Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12, he says that he gives his angels charge over us. Matthew 18, verse 10, this is Jesus talking. He says, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Notice this. He says, From the very beginning of time, you have had angels assigned to you. Whether you see them or whether you don't see them, it doesn't mean that they're not there. You have an angel. And now listen because when you get older, just because you get older doesn't mean you outgrow your angels. <laughs> you still have angels assigned to you. There are places in the Bible where one angel took out 185,000 men. 
trained warriors, one angel, and you at least have one angel assigned to you. And we're going to get in how to keep them moving and how, how they operate in our life here shortly. But look at Psalms 34, verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fears, fear him and delivers them. The angel of the Lord encamps around that means in circles around. So right now, you need to open your mouth and say, you know what, angels are, are circling my house. Angels, have, they're encamped around my place. They're encamped around my kids. They're encamped around my businesses. Angels, see, your mouth, your words give angels a right to operate. God has commanded them and assigned them to you, but you are the one that has authority here upon the earth. See, Angels aren't above humans. A lot of times people think, oh man, you know, John in the book of Revelations, when he's writing, he has this encounter, an angel shows up and he bows down and the angel says, hey, hey, don't, don't worship me. There's only one God that you worship. See, all of us have angels assigned to us. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 11, the Bible says, after Jesus walked through the temptation and, and Satan left him for a season and angels came and ministered to him. See, Jesus had angels that ministered to him. You have angels that are assigned to help you and serve you. And right here in Psalms 34, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around all those who fear him. That doesn't mean that you're afraid like a, like a, a fear, but it's a respect. It's an honor. It's a reverence. How, how are you doing when it comes to that? Do you really respect the Word of God? Do you really respect men and women of God? Do you really respect the presence of God? Because the fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of wisdom. The, the fear of the Lord, it says, those who honor and respect the things of God, angels have charge over them. Is that you? I've got to ask, is that me? Psalms 103, just to the right of where we're at there. So how do I keep, if, if God has assigned angels to us, how do I align myself for these angels to keep operating in my life? Psalms 103, apologize, I didn't want Psalms 107. Psalms 103, uh, verse 20. Blessed, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His commandments, hearkening to the voice of His word. How, how do angels keep moving? They hearken to the voice of God's word. Well, where does God's voice come from? Comes from the word of God. It comes by the Holy Spirit, but you're the ag agent upon the earth. You're the mouthpiece of God upon the earth. That's why it's important that you say what God says. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Our words give God a right to operate, just like our words give Satan a right to operate. So if you're saying, I'm going to catch the flu, you're saying that I'm going to be destroyed, you're saying that I'm never going to make it, you're saying all this negative stuff that's full of fear and doubt and unbelief, the enemy has a right to work on those words, just like God has a right to work on the ones who will say, God, you are my refuge, you are my fortress, you're my God, you're my high tower. And it says when you're saying what God says, the angels are hearkening, they're listening, and they're doing 
the Word of God. They're, they have a right to protect you. When you're traveling, angels uh, in, in camp around about us. Angels do your job. Angels protect my kids. Angels go to the north, south, east, and west and cause increase to come into our life. Angels go and cause the clients to come in. Angels, you put a, put a protection around me and my family. This sickness or disease does not come near us. Angels, you're, you're saying, you're giving them a right. Say what God says. How are you doing when it comes to doing that? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, it, it, it says that we are, are heirs of salvation and that angels are ministering spirits assigned to minister for us who are heirs of salvation. They minister for, they, they serve. Now, now, now don't, get, don't get strange with this. Don't get goofy when it comes to this and ooh, you know, we got angels. <laughs> no, just, just release your faith that, man, you, you have an assignment on this earth and angels are sent to help you accomplish that assignment. You have a right to, to realize and know that angels are protecting you and your family and that virus doesn't come near your dwelling. How about in Exodus chapter 10, verse 23, when, when the Bible says the children of God were on one side in the land of Goshen and it was light over here and there was just like a dividing line over in the children that are the people of Egypt and it's black and the plagues and sickness and virus were running rampant over here but over here just a, 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 fine, just a defined line here over here is light protection that was God's protecting power that was God covering them in Daniel chapter 3 how about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego they, they get thrown into the fiery furnace and what happens God sends an angel to protect them Daniel chapter 6. How about Daniel and the lions then? I mean, the lions had, they had a different meal plan that day. I mean, they was hungry. They hadn't, you know, they would, they would not feed them for a long time. And whoever got thrown into the den, I mean, I mean, the lions would just, they would just reach up and just, just chew them all up. But God sent an angel. I said, not today. Not today, lion. Not today. You can't take out my kids today. Not today. Not today. That's what you need to say to that virus. Not today. You're not coming near my life. You're not coming near my house. You're not coming near my kids. Not today. I've got angels that have charge over me. And you've got to meditate on this. Get it rolling. When I just say meditate, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking let it roll over your mind. Get it in your heart. Get it coming out of your mouth. Take ownership of God's word. God, if you've given me angels and you tell me that the way that they operate is by the words coming out of my mouth, I'm going to begin to say, not only is God my refuge and my fortress and my high tower, I'm going to say that angels have charge over me. Devil, you have lost your power. You've lost your authority in my life. You have no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Virus, you can't come near me because I've got angels. I've got angels. I want you to begin to picture the angels that God has for you. Once again, don't get goofy. Just trust, trust in God's word. Trust in God's word. There was a, a time in 1 Kings chapter 19 when Elijah just whooped 450 false prophets and then this woman rises up, Jezebel, and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do to you what you did to everybody else. And, and he just takes off running, just scared because of one woman. I know guys out there watching, you realize, one woman said, I'm going to take you out. So he just, I'm out of here. Well, he gets up there and he starts complaining and griping, oh God, take my life, you know, all this type of stuff. And he falls asleep. And the Bible says an angel wakes him up, an angel. And he says, uh, you need to eat the, the bread and you need to drink the water. And he eats some and he falls back asleep. And the angel wakes him up again and says, the task that God has for you, 
you, you need more. You need supernatural strength. You need to eat more. It's going to. And so the angel came and ministered to him and he was able to go out and fulfill his assignment in strength. We are we are going to live during this time with strength and power and authority because of the word of God, because of the spirit of God, because of the blood of Jesus, because of the name of Jesus, because we have angels that are sent to minister for us, the heirs of salvation. I want us to go to Acts chapter 12, and I'm getting ready to be done. You're doing a great job learning tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in and and being with us night, morning, whenever you're watching this. But I I want you to to picture this. So James, James, the brother of John, he had got killed, okay? And so the king saw that that pleased all the people. And so he's like, man, I'm going to go after Peter next, you know? So they're going to go after Peter. They put him in jail, verse 5. And Peter was there, kept in prison, but... But constant prayer was offered to God for him by by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between the two soldiers, with the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7, Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side, and he raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off of his hand. Now now picture this. Here he is. He's, he's asleep. Now <laughs> notice Peter was sleeping. See, that's what faith does. Faith, faith sleeps in the middle of the storm. Faith is at peace in the middle of the storm. All, all hell could be breaking out around you, but you just stay at peace. Picture this. Peter was asleep. He was going to get killed the next day. How would you be acting? <laughs> Most of us, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus. What was Peter doing? He was asleep. He was sleeping. So the angel, this wasn't just a, hey, Pete, might want to wake up. Well, it says he, he struck him in his side. Hey. Get up, wake up. I mean, hard sleeper. All right, so he keeps going. The angel of the Lord stood by him, light shone in the prison. He struck Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and the chains fell off his hand. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. So he did, and he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So this, I mean, I want you to picture this. I don't know, I, when I was growing up, I slept walk, and sometimes when I'm real tired, you know, I'll, I travel a lot. I'm in different rooms a lot of time, and so my wife's had to peel me off the wall sometimes. I'm just, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just trying to find the bathroom, you know? <laughs> I'm just sleeping. I don't know where I'm at sometimes. Well, I want you to picture Peter. He comes out of the sleep, and the angel pokes him in the side, you know, and he's like, hey, Pete, you know, you can't go out in public like this. Would you get dressed? You know, would you put on your sandals? Would you get your garment on? You can't go out there in your Fruit of Looms, you know. <laughs> Maybe it was before Fruit of Looms, but you get the picture, you know. So this is, this is really happening. This is taking place here. And the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment, follow me. So he went and followed him and did not know that what was, what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. This is before electric gate openers. I mean, this was, so I want you to picture the iron gates are shut, guards all around, the angel comes in. Now notice they started out with the church was having constant prayer. They weren't being religious. They didn't have the prayer chain going of, well, maybe God will or maybe God want. You know, God heals a few. He you know, delivers a few. Maybe he will. I don't know. You never know what God's going to do. No, they were constantly praying, and apparently they were praying in faith because God sent the angel to deliver Peter. And he went out and delivered him all the way through till he was completely set free. God is no respecter of person. If he did it for Peter, he'll do it for you. 
If he did it for Jesus, he'll do it for you. If he did it for Elijah, he'll do it for us. But notice, all this goes back to the person who's abiding and dwelling in relationship with God. It goes back to the person who's saying, God, you're my refuge. You're my, just take it one day at a time. Be in the process one day at a time. This is the person who I'm refusing to fear. But once again, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel the fear, but you refuse the fear. You resist the fear in the name of Jesus. And because you're doing these things, God says, the pestilence is not going to come near you. And by the way, I've assigned angels to take charge over you. I've given them a command and they are waiting for your words to come out of your mouth so they can protect you, so they can guide you, so they can lead you. Realize that you have angels that are sent to minister for you today. This is Trey Johnson. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I want to encourage you to go to our website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. I'll see you next week, and we're going to keep growing, and we're going to keep going. God bless you guys.